This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10 for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to fine dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one. Fuck boy, standing six foot two, three hundred and two pounds. That's right, he's coming down, but still above three bills. From the south shore of Nassau County, Long Island, it's Johnny G. All you gotta do is trust me. Jackson Maine from A Star Is Born, still part of this bit, huh? Yep, that's right. Abortion is healthcare. That is important and always will be. But Jackson, I feel like you need to be replaced soon. But not yet. Also joining me behind my studio is my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabrus. Arthur, give him a shout-out. Arthur's in the living room staring at my uh, my mom, his mom, my wife, with <laughs> intense separation anxiety. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, first-time guest from the Versus Podcast, we got Adam Peacock and Caitlin Hempstead. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Here we go, so, baby. this is great. This is nice. This Thank is you. great. That feels this really good. Uh, you were referring to your wife as your mom. Uh, can we get into that? Uh, yeah. Uh, she's technically my stepmom. <laughs> just to get, <laughs> oh my God, keep with trends. <laughs> Is she stuck in a dryer right now? Jess? Yeah. Get out of here. I don't know. There's, she's reaching for something deep underneath the coffee table <laughs> and is unable to get out. Get out there and help her, man. Grease man, that woman up. Man, we should really unpack that as a nation as to when... Uh, like when porn directors, you know, became children of divorce and all step stuff got involved. like Because it's like the dominant thing now. It's not it's, even like, a, oh, this is taboo. It's just the it's just porn. It's yeah. the default almost. It's hard to watch something that isn't step siblings or step mom and kid. It's yeah. it's it's really weird. Like I sometimes have to like like I just want to be like, oh, she's hot. Let me watch this one. And then it's like. I don't really need the stepmom thing. All right, I'm going to just ignore it. And I'm a story guy, you know? That's the thing. That's what's so hard, you know? It's like I'm a character person, and I want to sink my teeth into, like, why this is happening. It's like... I, I, I miss... That's what I miss the most. I mean, I guess that's because back in the day... I'm, we're old enough, or I'm old enough, I shouldn't speak for everyone, but old enough to have watched full 
porns. Like not like not oh, that yeah. I ever made it like the ninety minutes through, but like it had like a, okay, <laughs> yeah, right? Eighty eight minutes could never go any longer. <laughs> um, it was. It always felt like there was like an overarching story, so some of these scenes meant something. And then when those would, clips would get pulled, then they would start making just scenes. Then it became like weird, like casting couch and amateur stuff. And now it's like. The scenes they are making are all like, your dad would never do this to me. And you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the nice people just having sex? I like the <laughs> ones where like the, the porn star shows up as herself and there's an exchange and they just have sex and that's it. That's yeah. the stuff that I like. You want the Riley exchange. Reed to be like, hi, I'm Riley Reed. I'm going to take money for this sex now. Yeah, I'm consenting. Thank you, Riley. We're two grownups. They shake hands. <laughs> <and> then- <laughs> Now that's hot to Adam. (laughs) To me, I like it all being above board and sorted out before she hits the fan. (laughs) I want to see them sign the consent forms. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't need any headaches. (laughs) God damn it. These, the red tape on these pornographies are driving me up a fucking wall. I think the first porno I found in my house, it was like a same thing, John, like an hour and a half. And there were, I think four or five sex scenes, but there was a lot of like, there's a house party and we can't leave the house. (laughs) Yeah, my first porno for like the neighborhood was Passenger 69 Part 2. So, right. uh, and it had a really poorly made uh, skydiving sex scene, like where clearly <laughs> it was just like a box fan and they were like yeah. on, with a blue background and like had. A, had like backpack with two strings that went out of frame and they're doing like standing 69ing and like all this humping and stuff. And I remember just thinking like, this is like peak cinema. <laughs> this I love passenger 57 is art. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny that there was no black dude in the movie. And that was something me and my friends got into is like passenger 57 has the famous line. Always bet on black. Feel like that works in a porno as well. Oh, and this we is a reference I mean. to a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe Passenger 69 Part 1 never saw it, so I was always a little lost in Part 2. Never really quite understood everyone's motivations. Maybe he died in the first one, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah, like John Cutter, uh, (laughs) Wesley Snipes' character's (laughs) name. Of course, from (laughs) Passenger 57, I can't even confuse them all now. (laughs) Oh, my God, I put the wrong one on at uh, American Cinematheque. Everybody came here to watch the porno, and now they've got to watch this Now they're so bored. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? We're the Action Boys here to premiere. Oh, no, wrong one. Looks like we're the porno boys Um. I'm so stoked to hear more about your guys' new podcast, but that'll come at the end. But for now, I you guys mentioned action figures in the pitch, uh, and maybe in a moment of a fugue state, mentioned action figures and forgot it. But I am pumped to talk action figures because, and I'm not an action figure adult, but I was a big had a bunch when I was a kid. Ha- was curious about this because once this was on the docket to talk about. I've noticed that like kids still have action figures and dolls. You would think that might be the do- the toy that goes by the wayside. It feels like uh, technology would get us past that in some way. But trucks um, and fucking uh, action figures and dolls, that shit is just permanently. It's been working since like the 30s or something. I mean, baby dolls, dolls too. Been, yeah. Yeah, baby dolls. Baby dolls are fucking weird to yeah. me anyways. Yeah, to like uh, you mean like when a young child has a right. baby and they like, like when a little toddler is yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. That shit always stresses me out. That gets <laughs> yeah. weird. 
I had this nine months old at nine months old. (laughs) And we all just accept it. Can I tell you why this happened? Can I tell you the context under which I sent that email? Because I feel like a fucking idiot. It was right after you ran into someone who looked like me somewhere in Hollywood. (laughs) They beat the shit out of me. Oh, shit. Okay. See, I knew it was you. (laughs) Oh, my God. We think we ran into each other. Anyway, what happened was... I was thinking about how, like, on our podcast, I feel like I often get to pick the character that I want more. And on my podcast, where we talk about conspiracy theories, I get to talk about exactly what I want. But on Adam's individual podcast, uh, he doesn't get to, like, be himself and really talk about things that he loves. And a thing that keeps happening on Versus is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will come up. Adam will talk about some action figures that he badly wanted and i just thought you know maybe this is the platform finally finally for him to just i love this i love this yeah i think that i think that makes total sense yeah you don't have to contend with like i'm freddy krueger's glove maker and now you have to deal with like uh, an extended (laughs) improv riff where i'm the guy who makes gloves now like this is better we could just talk we could just be grown-ups talking toys just personally write write that down because we should do that later Like a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I say fuck it. Let let her rip. That's, yeah. <laughs> I did, man. I fucking I grew up. I was a my mom was a single mom and I was an only child and I got spoiled rotten. I got I mean that those Ninja Turtle things I keep bringing up to Caitlin was I had them all when I was a kid and I broke them all. Like I broke all their little weapons and toys. So Bad for one boys. Christmas, my mom rebought me all the figures in the little carrying case, and that was underneath the tree. Oh it was as my hell. god! Oh my god! Now this is just going to be like me relitigating my shitty childhood of like, oh, <laughs> I would have fucking killed for if I broke something. It would be like we would mel- meld it back together with lighters. Like we'd be like, we can't, we can't not have the fucking Leonardo sword. He's a fucking cuck without his sword. Yeah, we were using that word a lot in the early eighties. Wow, you were very yeah, early nineties children. <laughs> 90s gay jokes and slamming on cucks with no swords. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bad R word. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All yeah. of them. All the R words. <laughs> uh, Think of a few. We used it. <laughs> we, yeah, we used them. Plus a few you haven't even heard yet. Yeah. Uh, what about, uh, did you have the uh, Ninja Turtle van that shot the pizzas? Or is I don't that, think that- I had the van. Here's the thing. Also, every once in a while, I pitch a toy to like a friend, my angel, like, did you have this thing? And they're like, ah, no, I'm a toy expert. I've never even heard of that. I've Googled it. And then it realizes it's like some toy I like dreamed of having when I was a kid. I'd be like, <laughs> There's a good chance people are like, shoots pizzas. And I was just like a little fat kid was like, if a gunshot fully loaded pizzas, that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm 41. And that still sounds great. Yeah. Do you <laughs> love Clippers Sh- games? Because they'll shoot anything out of a cannon. Oh man! Imagine a pizza cannon that kind of sprayed the cheese oil and like stuff, and oh. like it didn't really come out fully complete as a pizza. It just kind of shotgun I, spread the ingredients all over. If we talked about this before, I'm sorry, but did you guys ever see the Tom Green clip Undercutters? No. It was a bit on his show where he would drive around with a tackle box full of pizza ingredients, and he would follow delivery drivers to somebody's house. And then he would run up on the person delivering the pizza and offer to make them a pizza for less money if they went with his business. Like in their house? In their house. Like, I think like on their porch, like, I'll make this for you, but for less. And one guy did not, he did not do well with it. What do you mean? Like he threw up? No, 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 no. You could just tell like he was a delivery driver that was like maybe on a second or third strike. And he was like, this was it for him. And he went after Tom Green. It was pretty funny. 
It's funny how many comedy shows the premise is like fuck with a small business owner and hurt them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh you yeah. I mean, you fielder. I grew up. I grew up on Jerky Boys, which was all about like. Oh blanking. yeah. Yeah. And it would just be like, eventually you'd be like, man, how many times did they call just a random pizza place? <laughs> like, like these guys are just legitimately bothering people. I mean. In yeah. hindsight, I was doing a lot of prank calls back in the day. Sure, were you yeah. what yeah. like the classics, or were you thinking up fun new bits? Uh, the classics, we would always uh, once we were in like late high school, early college, we would do the butt for try to get them to say, "Well, what's a butt for?" And then you go for pooping, silly. I think that was from South Park. And uh, I'm. We also used to do stuff like, hey, like just try. In hindsight, it's like fucked up, like mental games where we would be like. Now, can you just come outside and uh, place your shoes outside your door so we can conf- like we would just in college, we would just try to get people to do weird shit like, yeah, and it's right. And this is Marina's Pizza. You will win a free order of pizza and wings. If, OK, we just need to confirm that you are, in, in fact, a Maris student. If you could leave your sneakers outside your dorm building <laughs> and like that's and we would just be watching their door and be like, thank you very much. Like, no. And then go try to steal their sneakers or some shit like that it's a all- fine line, like you said earlier, John, between mass murder and comedian. Yeah. You're like, like just just fucking with people. If you have the shit. power to do that, you have the power yeah. to be like, all right, now climb into that van. <laughs> all right, yeah. perfect. Yeah, I know there's a tarp on the ground, but don't worry about that. <laughs> that well, that one guy did it at McDonald's, right? Did he make somebody like, like That's what I was thinking of about employees? Like, yeah. That's what I was thinking about. I forget what the name of that movie that they made a movie of it, a dramatization of this event, but someone would famously call, infamously call fast food restaurants, accuse and imp- pretend to be someone high up at the corporation, accuse an employee of stealing, tell another uh, management employee to take that employee aside, and conf- and but would eventually get them to some weird line crossing, boundary crossing shit like lock them in the fridge, tell them to remove their clothing, what? and it would be like this power game. And that's what I was thinking of wh- uh, when I was. When I was watching that movie, I was like, fuck, man. Like, I, there was a time in my life when I'd be like, this is so funny. He's got, and, but like, when yeah. you're watching this movie, you are absolutely shook. And then it's like, this is based on something that really happened to people. And you're like, this is a person's life. And yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, you fucking monsters. And I was like, wait, I kind of did something similar, but it was goofy. Yeah. No, but for me, so- it was fun. Yeah. But for me, it was fun. Oh, I right. That's yeah. like, I'll, 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 in your defense, I think it's kind of like how they test a bunch of weird, like, projects or uh, products on college students or you know how like every sort of psych research study is mostly college students because they're just sort of easy to get to yeah and i think like that's what you were it's different when it's college students it's like if they come out a little fucked up like their brains are college still is gonna out. do that to them anyway yeah. sure they still have neuroplasticity it's gonna do it to them anyway stanford prison experiment oh, yes that was yeah. good and yeah. i liked that I'm so yeah. glad. Yeah, I, I can't wait to do one myself. I want to be awarded oh. so bad. <laughs> That's one an awesome I... picture of Sheriff Joe Arpaio you have behind you, John. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a big guy to me. One of, my, <laughs> one of my first, I think my first ever movie audition in my career. You know, like early on in your maybe whatever early on in my career i felt like my agents were like yeah just put him up like just tell him go in for these like four movies because he's new and i was going in for these things that sound i went in for this for something called the experiment which was a movie about the stanford uh prison experiment oh cool and i think adrian brody ended up being in the movie or something and no one ever saw it or anything like that 
But it, I think because that's why I I remembered hearing about that experiment in like AP Psych or whatever, and then it like went out of my brain. And then when I I was like, well, I got to do some research back when you like didn't just go like, okay, what is this? All right, my right. Uh, my character's name is Hank. I'll say three lines, not get it, and we all can leave. Like. But back then, I was like, let me Google Stanford. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. And then I got, like, really deep into that one. Oh, that one did research. I know. I, I, I really love those old school psych experiments. What's the one where they uh, were shocking people, fake shocking people in the other room? And the person in the oh, white coat was yeah. like, continue pressing the dial. And it was like, yeah. don't do anything a Nazi says. Like, right. And it wasn't hooked up to anything, but the people would just fall they they would be like ah someone please stop please He's like don't stop keep pushing it and it pro- like showed how few people actually stopped pushing it like despite it seeming to do severe damage to someone <laughs> i think didn't but didn't Jesus. they then go back and figure out like no like the because it was recorded they played like the most shocking versions of it but something like 87% of people were like no oh that makes sense I'm yeah not it's gonna like hurt another human being and the then the Milgram remaining percent experiment. were like yeah, Milgram, Milgram. Milgram, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of Milgram experiment, segue <laughs> like, to toys. Watch this. Mm. Um, what what is it about figures and dolls that we like? Is it because we see our parents, uh, hopefully, holding us and playing with us, or is it there's something inherently powerful about manipulating small humanoid things like? I have power and control and agency over this doll. Like I, I what 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 is the psych behind that? Or like let's hypothesize what why it's a stickingly powerful thing. Like, you know, I feel like I feel like if they did like they can go to like ancient Egypt and like find like crumbling dolls buried with pharaohs and shit <laughs> like that. Yeah. Why were those pharaohs always dying as children <clears throat> also? Why are so many little boys? Yeah, man, they got to look both ways before they cross the street. They're getting crazy. Stop putting kids in charge. These (laughs) damn chairs. I think, yeah, well, I mean, like, this brings up something specific and dark for me, this question. (laughs) By the way, that is uh, Caitlin's normal response to most Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not so much a comedian as a bummer. Uh, hey, always a pleasure to have you around. Oh, I'm rocked. Emotionally. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Ninja Turtles. She jumped on the Stanford Prison Experiment. <laughs> <laughs> Young at me. That's why we're a perfect pair. Mars, Venus, Pepsi, <laughs> women and men. Men always want to laugh and women ought to make you feel bad. <laughs> Uh, wait, so do tell, Caitlin. I'm curious. I was extremely into Polly Pockets, um, which are just like as tiny as you can make a doll. And they can do stuff. They have like little hip joints and stuff. It was but like a game... handheld doll house, more or less, right? Yes. Like the locket would close up to be like a cross section of a house. I remember that because uh, it was the Rock and Robin parody uh, theme song to the commercial. <laughs> I don't. Wow, I don't. Rock and Robin. Polly Pocket. Yeah, Yeah, it was Polly Pocket. Ooh, ooh, Polly Pocket. They didn't even need to advertise that shit to me. I think I saw them in a friend's backpack once and was like, please, I need a doll so small I can put it up my nose. (laughs) Please, I got to go to the emergency room ASAP and get this thing removed. (laughs) Well, that one makes, that one's crazy. Yeah, keep going. Sorry, but that's a specific one too because if you think, if keeping the hypothesis that it's something about control all of a sudden you are like the giant like you can run a little sim city of Polly pocket well on the subject of control my friend nikki bauman and i our favorite game to play was Polly pocket suicides 
because oh, we favorite game. All right, yeah, just that quote there was favorite game. Got it. <laughs> yeah, not like only game where we like tortured a little helpless creature, but like favorite. And sure, so we would like yeah. we had like the Polly Pocket Mansion, which was probably like the size of a shoebox, and we would just think of ways for Polly Pockets to kill themselves, and they would like like tie things to their feet and jump in the pool, and we'd make them like jump in the pool, and we would like put them in the garage and turn on the car. Wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is highly knowledgeable about uh, methods of suicide for a couple of young kids. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys are being Harold and Maude fans. (laughs) (laughs) You do sound like Bud Court from fucking Polly Pocket goes to the doctor because she's decided she's at the end of her life. (laughs) She's trying to get euthanasia. Dr. Kevorkian. My Uh, favorite game was baseball. I really liked playing baseball when I was a kid. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was I was kind of split because I liked baseball, but I also did love Polly Pocket Suicide. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And whenever I, I would say I wanted that, to play, actually, <laughs> anytime I said I wanted to play baseball, I had to go talk to the school counselor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did we know so much about murder? Anyway, yeah. So I think that was some sort of like uh, like power trip. I'm a god of this world. Was that your experience with action figures? Well, there's something certainly there, too, where you're like, like, you know, lighting them on fire or, you know, Mm. like, oh, no, this happened to them. Like, I I, there is that I getting toys was a little bit it changed a little by the time my youngest brother was like of getting toy age. My parents, I think, had a little more money and a little bit more like, why were we so withholding with the other two? Uh, (laughs) So I, I think like. We had such like apparent like getting a toy or getting like you'd go to your friend's house who had like the entire G.I. Joe commands mobile command unit and like 400 figurines. And, and, and they would just be like, oh, I lost one. to me and my brothers. It was like we had like fucking beachhead and like one other guy. And we're like, we cannot lose these. We cannot fuck with them too much. Like we would lose like, you know, uh, Mechanex fucking harness or whatever. And it would like break our heart. Like, Devastating. yeah, yeah. We, and like, we can never get new ones. We, uh, we could get new toys, but if we can never cop to losing stuff, I'm from, I say this way too much of the podcast, but I'm from the generation where you would get in trouble for things that were an accident. Like for like oh, a standard, yeah. yes. standard eight year old, like whoops, dropped the, my bowl of pasta. That's what you would get, Done. like, yelled at or spanked, and you're like, I, it wasn't I, on purpose. I caught the <laughs> yeah. tail end of that, and I remember, like, other kids not having that be their experience. Like, <laughs> I, like, lost my trombone or something that we were renting from the school, and I was like, I'm devastated. I'm really sorry. And my parents were clearly on this tipping point of, like, do we yell at her? She's already crying. Like, right. go to your room, but when you're there, you can do whatever you want. Like, the the generational angst they must have felt. Yeah, it's so funny. That's and that's the same generation that's like, of course you can come to me with anything. Yeah, yeah, You taught me not to trust you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, mom and dad, but anything I've ever told you got me immediately in trouble. So I'm gonna yeah. just go to school with no jacket on. But no, yeah, <laughs> let me definitely come out to you. That'll be fun. That'll be a good yeah, safe yeah. experience. <laughs> You're grounded. Yeah. God forbid. I was like, mom, I think I knocked a girl up. You know what I mean? Like, God, the shit I would get in trouble for was so much lower stakes. Like, I remember being like 14 or 15 and like having a screaming match with my parents and being like, do you have any idea how lucky you are that I'm your fucking son? Like the shit you're getting. Like, I was like grounded forever for like. I like getting in like disciplinary school trouble because I just Mm. couldn't behave in school. It was not for me. And it was like I was like. 
You have no idea that kids at my school are like doing opiates. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, I would like you have no way. I'm like, every teacher loves me. I'm charming, but they hate me because I'm disruptive. Like, there are like legit bad kids doing drugs, smashing windows and shit. And I'm just it's like, like the Giuliani school of parenting, where it's like, oh, if you let them get away with a little thing like broken windows, yes, then they're the going to become yeah. mass murderers. Yeah. <laughs> It is true. It is a little true. And then you'd be like, you know, then you get older and your parents would be like telling stories about like when they were fucked up, like doing fucked up kid shit with like pride. Ah! Yeah, we snuck into the school after dark and we did. And I'd be like, you would beat my ass raw if that if I did something like that. A lot of them are drinking and driving related too. They were like, well, they'd pull you over. They just make you dump it out that you had it (laughs) as long as you could get home safe. (laughs) I I recently watched a video that was like, a news story of reactions to when drinking and driving became illegal. And like, you know, like those old news stories were like, well, what do you think, Mr. Peacock, the about them building a new farm? And, t- and it was always like, these guys are like, I can't have a few pops after work. And try, like, <laughs> like, just getting people on camera being so on the wrong side of history of like, I actually get a little relaxed and drive back. Like everything we now know <laughs> about know, it is so science That's the only no. time I get to myself after work. And then I got to go home. My goddamn kids are there. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. You don't get to tell pe- the news you hate your kids anymore, which is too bad. It's a bummer. You can call in anonymously yeah. and just let them know, but th- that's not really a story or anything. Yeah, like that. I should think about that. Sounds <laughs> There's way less pride in parents beating the shit out of their kids <laughs> with their other friends. Ah, uh, yeah. Thank God that's fallen uh, off. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like yeah, any one of my friends who's a dad, I'm like, could you imagine screaming at your kid for like dropping something? And they're like, God, no. Like, I can't even like. Can't even scream at them for like school issues. Like I, I used yeah. to be like, you failed the fucking test. Now I'd be like, come on, son, let's discuss what you need to do here. <laughs> it's like nah. I'm so stupidly envious of like my my peers' kids. Like it's oh, like I'm like that's very sweet. Just seeing like your like seeing your friends be so supportive of like I think I'm gonna get them a keyboard. They keep talking about liking the piano. I was like. <laughs> I was so into movies for like 20 years and my parents were like, you have to be a lawyer. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I told my parents at five years old I wanted to be in TV and they were like, absolutely not. Oh, you want to be a, you want to be a movie song? Is that going to pay for your food? <laughs> right. like, word yeah. for word, Adam, have you been talking to my mother, Annie Hempstead? Because please go up and, and talk and with her. Not to fully got- back Annie Hempstead <laughs> on this, but I am having trouble getting food via my the oh, yeah, yeah, no. these days. Like, <laughs> I Ain't can't believe point. they should have been a little oh, yeah. more supportive, but also they were realists. And yeah. I, I've learned we're shit talking a whole generation, but it doesn't mean they were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, I feel like your mom was probably like fostering your dreams and shit from everything. Oh, I got said. so lucky. My mom was the best. And she's still like that. But I think I John, you were talking about getting into a fight with your I got into a one fight with my mom. And I don't even remember what it was over, but I remember I said something, and I think, Caitlin, I might have even told you this. I said something, and I thought I won the argument, <laughs> and like I turned around to start walking away out of the kitchen. It was very quiet, and I thought to myself, it's too quiet, and she was coming down on me with like a huge wooden spoon, and I saw that look in her eye, like, <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill this kid if I get my hands on him, and she chased me through the house just like <laughs> whacking me with this thing. <laughs> she was right. I probably had it coming. I had it coming. <laughs> 
Okay, but here's to the <laughs> earlier point. Like, can you imagine striking a child? Like, not, I don't know. Things were different. I think I was I also, like 15 like, or something, though. So that might have made it a little easier. Oh, yeah. I'd punch a 15-year-old for sure. Oh, yeah. I'd, 1, I'd sock them in the stomach right now. Yeah. Like, I thought they were 18. God yeah. damn. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Give them the fucking Dane Cook, Russell Oh, sorry. Brand I didn't excuse. ask for ID. <laughs> right. They were in the club. <laughs> <laughs> the Stamos excuse. <laughs> Oh, no. John Stamos? Wait, who am I thinking of? No, it was the other one. Rob Lowe. Um, Rob Lowe. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry to that man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm positive if you look through Stamos's history, he's got nothing uh, res- remotely resembling that based on his stature and his generation or whatever. Yeah, he was but alive we're not here to... in 1982. Like, of course. We're not he's here a to beach slander boy. the... Yeah, he's the drummer on Kokomo. But we're not here to <laughs> slander the Oikos, uh, Oikos spokesperson. Uh, mm. We're here to talk... Oh. At, dude... Along those lines, I one of my most like the thing that makes me kind of shudder in the shower, kind of regrets in life. And it's not even that big of a deal, but it's just I'm embarrassed by it mostly is when I was younger, getting in a fight with my parents or an argument with my parents and me lying like, I swear to God, I did turn in the assignment and I know I'm lying. And in hindsight, now that I'm a grown up, there's no way they didn't know I was lying. It's and so I'm fucking, fucking digging my heels in and I'm like, how come you don't believe me with like tears in my eyes? And that is just more. I'm just like embarrassed for myself of like, really, that's where you made the stand of like, I didn't know the project was do- how the fuck, you know, and you're just like digging in. And I'm like, I swear, mom, you don't even fucking trust your own son, you know, like overly <laughs> dramatic and shit. And you're like, oh, my God, Going for the I Emmy. did that, too. I and I feel really bad about that because I was raised better than that. And that lady didn't yeah. deserve that. <laughs> I, I can't I can't speak to being raised better than that. But I, I should have been raised enough to know that that yeah. is not like yeah. but just in that. Those are the biggest. I'm not fucking drunk. I even have anything to fucking drink. It's like there's no way my mom can't tell. I'm Two a.m. on a Saturday, and like Robbie <laughs> dropped you off. Of course you're fucking drunk. Just ran home from the bo- from the schoolyard where we were drinking. I was playing manhunt. You're like 14 years old. Oh yeah, yeah a lot of. Tag. I was playing capture the flag. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Ran. Home. I, I grounded myself shit. once. Uh, I had so much internalized guilt as a child. It's Yom Kippur, so I think I should talk about this. I was so, so guilty. This episode will be coming out in late June. Perfect. (laughs) That's perfect timing. We'll have circled back to some other miserable Jewish holiday. Uh, I, yeah, I like, I did, you, you had to like get your parents to sign off on your homework assignments and like say like, yes, she like complete, or like, yeah, the teacher would, Oh, no, the teacher would send, like, a weekly thing that was, like, if you did all your homework assignments, your parents sign it. And I, like, missed a couple assignments that week, and I forged their signature, and I uh, gave it back to the teacher and immediately just started, like, shaking with guilt and shame and got home and was, like, pale and crying. My parents were like, what? And I was like, I I forged your signature on my homework report. Um, (laughs) And my memory of this for my entire life was that my parents disinvited me from dinner like they didn't oh. ground me, but they were like going out to eat at like who knows fresh choice or something, and we're like, I think that maybe you should not come with us tonight and stay home and think about it. And a couple years ago, I brought this story up with my mom, and she was like, "No, I remember that you disinvited yourself from dinner." Oh my god, I don't deserve yeah. to eat with you. Mom I don't and deserve dad. to go to the buffet. But please bring home mozzarella sticks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
then I'll know you still love me. <laughs> That's really fucking. I called nine one one on myself once because I started what? a fire. Yeah. What? What? Do you mean? And I got brought home in a cop car at thirteen years old. Oh like, did you? And I had like. A little World Cup 1994, like, Italia hat on, like, red and green flag and shit. I just remember the cops, like, that's a nice hat. So, you're, and of course, you know, my parents weren't home. Surprise, surprise. That's why I'm at a school starting fire with shoplifted lighters. Oh, uh, <laughs> Jonathan. Shoplifting and arson uh, really were, uh, you know, coincided pretty strongly for my early teen years. There's and, kids that are so much worse in school, Mom. You don't even know. <laughs> right. Yeah, this was one of the bad ones. Uh, but this uh, this is where my heart of gold shined through. The second I saw people in their yards with hoses fighting back the fire as it spread <laughs> across the entire school, I was like... Now, my school, my elementary school, was like a suburban block size. Like, the field had, like, four baseball diamonds on it and, like, the <laughs> playground and all this shit, and the grass was so dry and, like... <laughs> August or whatever, and it just so I called nine one one and got to like get, sit in the cop car and get brought home. My parents weren't home. They're like, "Do you have a neighbor that you could go to?" So I went to like my buddy's house and I was like, "Joey, can your mom like take me from the cops or whatever?" And like, so this is like my neighbor's mom had to call my mom's like Jonathan just got dropped off by a cop or whatever. It's like <laughs> oh I luckily God. I luckily went to week long four H camp that next day. And like, didn't have any overlap time with my dad, the real disciplinarian. Oh yeah, I was getting. And they'd already paid for it, so it's not. And like they'd already like paid for it, so they're out. not pulling that away. And also, like in hindsight, them sending me and my brother to sleepaway camp for a week is like a dream come true for them as well. Mm-hmm. So we, I go to sleepaway camp. I come home, and my mom, my mom's friend, a friend of a, another kid that I went with, his mom drives us home, drops me off. My dad doesn't get off work till like midnight. It's like. 3 30 p.m. or whatever i go to sleep i'm like i'm so tired from a week at camp mm-hmm. go to sleep at 3 30 p.m. and i sleep till like 24 hours more or less i like sleep till the next afternoon and i'm trying so hard to not get out of bed i have to go to the bathroom so bad and i'm like i know i can hear my dad pacing around he's just waiting for me to wake up <laughs> and i'm oh. just like and i like when i went to bed i'm like i'm exhausted and i'm like i'll just sleep until my dad forgets about my punishment and then it's like I get up to go to the bathroom. He's like, Johnny, let's go. Get in the car. And oh, I no. have to get in the car. Your dad, Donald to- Trump? Well, he did really sound like that. Oh, my dad, yeah. my, he really had like a Donald, because he had the New York accent and then also like that weird, uh, but a little congested, all right? Like, yeah. it just sounded like that. Cleed, you rube. <laughs> That's what he would yell at me and my brothers. Cleed, your goddamn rube. Uh, but- he like just made me stare at the field and like sat in the car and looked at me until I started like crying and I like I couldn't even like I wasn't even doing it for like to get out of it. I just really started weeping and then he got in the car. He's like, blah, blah, blah. You're grounded for the rest of the summer until you go back to school or whatever, all this. And I was like, oh, but that I just remember standing there looking at it and I was like, I do feel bad that I did this. Like I already did. Like I. Right. Uh, it's upset me. <laughs> like, I feel bad. And now here I am, like, oh. But I remember that distinct feeling of, like, I, maybe I won't get in trouble. And then, boom, you know, like, hey, wasn't your, you know, that feeling of, like, don't the report cards, uh, you know, or like, yep. Adam, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Adam Peacock's mom said the report cards came home. You're like, yeah. No, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> but the like, waiting to get in trouble is worse than the trouble. 
100 it's easier to be grounded than it is to like find out what's going to happen to you i think i got lucky because listening to you guys every every time that i had an example like that of either you know not doing what i was told or whatever i i always ended up in the hospital like i i because i didn't hurt anything i just hurt myself like how many times my mom told me I'm thinking of three. My, I have a little scar on my nose. My mom told me to stop jumping on the bed when she. Well, I was a little kid, and she was doing something in my room. She was like cleaning or doing something or and getting me ready. And I was jumping up and down in the bed, and I had it's still in her basement, filled with a lot of these action figures that we're talking about. I fell off the bed and racked my face right off the wood edge of it, split my oh. nose open. The day before kindergarten, she told me to stay inside, get ready for school. I went out and played. My cousin broke my leg. I ended up in the hospital for that. And wow. then the way you I phrase would, that too sounds like he just was like, "All right, sorry, Adam, you lost. Now you, you know what owed happens." You him money or something. You put, you put your leg no. on the curb and just stomped on your knee. <laughs> yeah, no, we were playing football and he jumped on me and it just it snapped my leg. And then she told me to ride my bike in the neighborhood, and I didn't. I went behind the farmer Jack, flipped over, shattered my shoulder, and ended up Jesus in the hospital. Christ. That's really fun. Like that's just so fun. Like. What a difference in our lives where you're like, yeah, no, my mom was working really hard and trying and I she was right almost every time. (laughs) So fucking funny. And all I did was just disappoint her. (laughs) Oh, look at you now. Look at me now. Bad arthritis. Mm. Did you have a favorite action figure or doll? Either of you? Uh I, I just uh, it doesn't have to be so gendered like that. But if uh, I know those those two words of the 80s make sense, which is or one like, of the hot takes I wanted to come in with is like what even this is not a binary. And I think it's one of the binaries from our childhoods. We have to really explode is the I think the, you're 100 percent right, because they are just all dolls. Really. They're all dolls yeah. and are yeah. trucks kind of dolls. If you can buy an accessory for it, I think it's a doll. The truck thing confuses me a little bit, like, because the more I talk to parents of young children, trucks is like, and they're like, I don't even know where my son would have gotten this gendered idea from. It's almost like it's genetic, like trucks is for boys. Well, it's almost like it's genetic, like it's got to be ingrained from like primal times, like they are monsters. Trucks Mm. are monsters. They're big. They're loud. They're a little Mm -hmm. scary. They are dangerous. They activate something in you. Because trucks seem, trucks, I mean, little kids like trucks, all of them. But the more I talk to people, they're like, I don't even know where my son got trucks from. But it's like, like, he's got a sister. She's not into trucks. Yeah. He's dying for trucks. And they're like, I don't, I cannot explain it. Like, there's, there's. And I, I here I am like a childless forty one year old. Being like, Is that interesting? Like, <laughs> and I, get that I, I heard that from development. six hipster kids in the west side of L A. Well, we have know, a, like, my neighbors have a little boy. He's two or three, and he's enamored with the trucks, like the cleaning trucks and the garbage trucks that come down the truck age. Yeah. yeah, I babysat a three year old. I got laid off in the pandemic and got like a nannying job, uh, and was watching this kid who like. Oh, his 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 like pathological need to be near them, but also terror of them. Like we yeah. would walk to the park and there was construction. He would be like, cement truck, cement truck. There's a cement truck and would like want to go up and touch it and then like get scared and run back to me and like want to go on the other side of the street. But then the next day he'd be like, I'm going to get in the truck. And I'd be like, you can't get in the truck. I'm going to drive it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was mad at me. I don't know. 15 plus years ago, I had a friend who had a, a like an older friend I worked with at VH1 who lived in my neighborhood. 
And so he was like my only friend with a kid because I was like 25 and he was like 35 in hindsight. Uh, I thought he was so old then. I'm now 41. And I'm like, fuck, that guy had his life together. Um, but he, w- I, I ran into him on the street one time pushing a stroller with his son. And I was like, oh, Kev, what's going on? Blah, blah. It's great. I haven't seen you since we... He's like, oh, sorry. Do you want to walk with us? And I'm like, why? What are you guys up to? He's like, well, see, the garbage truck's going to stop at all these... <laughs> and like... We have to walk alongside it and time it. Like, he's like, I'm out here every Tuesday and Friday morning. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I walk the path of the garbage truck with my son every Tuesday and Friday morning. He can't get a fun. He can't get enough of it. He would eventually have a second son. The older son would get over it and be over it. But he would still have to go like, come on, take a walk with your little brother so he can watch all the trucks. And it became like and I was like, I would just catch him if I was ever heading to the gym on a Tuesday or Friday morning. I'd be like, hey, Kev. Yeah, I know. Garbage day, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Truck walk. Look, there's no quick fix for anxiety and depression. It's not finding a new therapist or starting an exercise routine or more and regular meditation or a better diet. All that stuff can help, but sometimes you need something to unlock your brain, a new way of thinking about and seeing the world. Hey, maybe that thing is guided ketamine therapy from Mindbloom. Uh, I have a few friends who have tried this and swear by it. So, you know, maybe Mindbloom is the right thing for you. But there's a new tool to improve your mental health, at-home ketamine therapy. Mindbloom is the leader in at-home ketamine therapy. Having safely helped thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression, unlike traditional talk therapy, Ketamine works quickly and doesn't have the unpleasant side effects of traditional antidepressants. In a study of over 1,200 MindBloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only two sessions. So right now, MindBloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com mighty and use promo code mighty. Take the first step and break free from your anxiety and depression with MindBloom. MindBloom.com slash mighty and use promo code mighty. M-I-N-D-B-L-O-O-M dot com slash M-I-G-H-T-Y. All right, so jump back. Favorite toys. And yes, let's let's we can talk a little bit about this gendering of like if it has a gun, it's for boys. And if it has a blow dryer, it's for girls, <laughs> though. Those two things look exactly the same in super small articulated toys. It's like, yeah, just print it pink for the ladies and blue for the boys. That's how we know whose toy is whose. But then there'll be a show like Paw Patrol or like and, and these are a little more modern, but they kind of that kind of crosses lines in it a does, way. does because there is a girl Paw Patrol and also it's propaganda, which I think is another genre of children's entertainment that's really interesting. It's a it never goes away. It's just yeah. a facet of American entertainment. I mean, G.I. Like, Joe, right? Yeah. yeah G.I. Joe is like, like yeah. even, they're like paramilitary. They're like ex-military. They're not Wait, even are they not of, like yeah. U.S. military? Are they like a mercenary? They're Blackwater? They are oddly sort of like black water, but they are red, white, and blue coated and like sort of like uh, American coded, but they are a secret fighting force from that's kind of like outside of boundaries. Oh which, but they're mostly fighting Cobra, which is a mostly uh, all evil organ. Ter- it's a terrorist organization. Yeah. Made up of mostly robots. That way, you can blow them out of the sky and not feel sure. any. No, no kid has to watch a human die. Like stormtrooper rules. 
Although we eventually learned they're all clones, and that's fucked up that we're just murdering clones. And I, oh, we don't have to get. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, propaganda about GI Joe like that. Propaganda is crazy too because I grew up obsessed with action movies, and cops are like the so frequently the leads, or at least dudes uh-huh. getting like extrajudicial revenge for some reason. Mm-hmm. And like I was like fucking. 10 years old with like a huge opinion about internal affairs. Like, <laughs> like who, like just that. let dirty Harry do what he's yeah, doing. Get out of Harry Callahan's way. The guy knows what he's fucking doing here. He's getting results, man. Like, you know, not like these other soft on crime. Obama cops. I used to say, yeah, <laughs> Obama cops. Really funny. <laughs> We're the Obama cops. <laughs> we drone strike pickpockets. <laughs> Wait a Holy minute, shit, these guys rule. The Obama cops? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Fighting terrorism, sort of not at the root at all. Yeah. Like not, looking, not looking at the causes of terrorism, but it's like, what led to Cobra? You know, wait, what led to Cobra wait, Command? This is what yeah. I'm saying. Like, why aren't the G.I. Joe guys being like, man, I feel like, you know, like Banana Republic democracy in like the 70s and 80s really let Cobra sort of amass <laughs> money. Like it helped the cartels build off of this American black market from the war. Yeah, G.I. Like, Joe was named once. in the Panama Papers. It's That's fucked up. <laughs> and then they received funding from a man named Flint. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, favorite toys. (laughs) Favorite toys, yeah. Uh, Then we can get into more of uh, the twisted uh, mind control that our toys were giving us back then. Sure, sure. Does a game console count? Oh, a game console is... What's your favorite? But for the sake of of the action uh, figures episode, let's think in that world. But yeah, uh, Nintendo was the toy that made... Nintendo kind of made G.I. Joe's not matter in a weird way. Like you could be like, mm-hmm. now I'm now I'm Contra now I'm like, lit- and again it's the same game you're controlling a little person that gets to shoot and fight and stuff and uh, kids just want I- something smaller than them I think is what we're getting out of this or because your whole life is like in other people's hands so it's like yeah. this weird like freedom to have someone else someone else's quote unquote life this big well when you were talking is- earlier about why do you play with them I never really like the control thing I guess it is control but I just wanted the adventure to continue. And I wanted them to do things that I couldn't do. You know, like I used to use my G.I. Joes as my little as my wrestlers because they were really articulated and I would make them do crazy shit, you know, just like flips and blah, blah, blah. But I like I thought it was cool that I couldn't do that, but they could. Yeah, I was so into action movies that for me, G.I. Joe was a lot about like staging action sequences. Yeah, totally. Like and it was just like playing more into like. Dude, this guy actually has a sniper rifle. He should be doing sniper stuff. Like, you know, even though I'm like fucking nine or ten, I'm so into this shit. You're like, I, I gotta get, get the night scope because yeah. when dusk falls. <laughs> when dusk falls, fucking Dusty is screwed unless he can get his fucking scope on. Uh, and it's fu- I- I'm two and a half years older than my my middle brother. So, like, I got to be on the too old for the toys for a little longer than I got. Like I got an extra year and a half with them because it was like he's still playing with them and we're the only people home in the house. So it's not like I'm going to be like, no, dude, I'm doing this thing that's for slightly older kids. So like I I stayed with it for a little longer than I thought, you know. Oh, and and nobody from school is going to see. So there's no cost. So it doesn't matter. And then as I got even a little older and I was in Taekwondo, one of the kids in my class was a little younger, but he had all of the G.I. Joes, like, and he pronounced it vehicle. So he had all the vehicles. And oh. uh, and uh, so we would go to his house after Taekwondo and in our geese 
play with like, and I, I would stage the most, and I didn't like, and maybe he was like a peacock style. He didn't, I guess he didn't realize how good he had it with all his toys. We were like, me and my brothers were like, oh my God, you got the fucking claw. God, like we were so excited to have, like we never bought bad guys because we only wanted good guys. And like, we didn't, it's like, if we can get one figure a year, we didn't want to get any, we didn't need Destro. Like uh, no one wanted to be the villain. So it was like this weird thing. He had like the bad guys would be like staging all this. And I was definitely at like, you know, a freshman in high school being like, all right, well, this is like, uh, this is like, this is it after this, you know, like, I, like but I was still so into it. And I definitely was like lying to myself that it's mostly for my 12 year old brother. <laughs> That's how I felt when I went to a midnight release for one of the middle Harry Potter books. At what age? <laughs> Yeah, I know you're exactly my age, uh, Adam. So, no, it doesn't matter which one. Yeah. You're, no, you I can't lie about it. it. <laughs> I did. I went to a Borders at like midnight and pretended like I was there for something else. Oh, yeah. I just come here to uh, pick up uh, some uh, porno magazines. I'm, I'm here to have sex with chicks, g- girls in my class. <laughs> I'm supposed to meet a sex oh. worker here and fuck them. <laughs> Oh, the Prisoner of Azkaban. Let me throw oh, this okay. in the old bag. I worked at Borders. I worked one of the midnight releases. And I remember at like 16, like a high school job. And I remember pretending to be so over it and being like, oh, I'm just not even going to wear a costume. I just don't even care. These books are for babies. And then taking wine home and just fucking tearing through it. Yeah. <sighs> I Yeah, I had met some. I never really was into her. I read all the Harry Potter's. When the movie started dropping in like my early 20s, like 23 or 24, I was like, oh, and then it was like, oh, I see why everyone likes these. These are pretty good, but mostly very easy to read and like a rich Mm -hmm. world. But I had already been reading a ton of like D&D fantasy novels at this point. So for (laughs) me, it was like finding why like it was I later on would read Hunger Games off my so I could read something that my wife was reading. And after having read hundreds of sci fi novels, you're like. Oh, I get why this is so popular. This is like repackaging like nor like famous co- or popular concepts for like a whole new crowd of young people across genders and everything like that. So I feel like when I was reading Harry Potter, it was like, but I well, I did feel too old to be reading. It. And then you meet someone who's like a few. They only have to be like five or six years younger than me, and then they are the same age as the characters, and that meant a lot to a lot of people. Like friend of the pod, Jess McKenna, she one time yeah. explained to me she's like the same great, and like the books would come out, and the kids would be the same age as her every time. I'm like, ooh, that's like a kind of a fucking dream come true for a book. Like the main character, I mean, for a narcissist to read like myself, yes. it's like, yes, they're my age. Yes, everything. Oh, this it's is just like this me. This is about me. Yeah. <laughs> I am not a muggle. See, mom. <laughs> okay, so 45 minutes later, favorite figures or dolls. And oh, I have I... also interrupted this th- six times, so it's me. Don't worry. It's not you. It's me. Oh, I'm having fun. Mine's Legos. Oh, Legos. Interesting. You yeah. Like the little people. Legos. Yeah. I love yeah. Legos. Do you do still you love still, Legos? That was, was going to be my follow-up question. You still have some passion for Legos, huh? I don't. We like we don't have any of those adult sets around, but I'm very excited for our niece and nephew to get to the to the older Lego part. Yeah, you don't of have their like childhood. You don't have like a fucking twelve thousand piece Death Star that you built or anything no, like that. No, now. I don't. I know a lot of people who are like that, so I'm not. I I wouldn't. I don't hold any judgment for that because that also feels sort of like a 
and I'm, I, you know, I'm in my forties now when I'm concerned with like anti Alzheimer's activities, you know, like I'm like, yes. the crossroad, the crossroads, the crossroads. Uh, yeah. Oh no. I'm, <laughs> shit, I oh, no. Six down. Um, quick. <laughs> Draw a clock. <laughs> Draw, oh no. Which one? What's a clock again? Oh, um, well, yeah. Legos is a classic one too, man. Cause that is like, I never. That wasn't as fun for me. Now, as a grown-up, like, when my nephew or someone's like, help me put this together, Uncle Nani, I'm like, okay, this is kind of fun. But when I was younger, it it felt too much like homework to me. Like, I, I wanted just like enough a, for it to, like, yeah. read the instructions and, like, save these ones over here, so. To, like, care. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't old yeah. enough to give a shit or, like, uh, it just wasn't in my purview to be like, this is important. I was just like a little fucking rat fuck who was just like, I want guns. <laughs> I want nunchucks. I want characters cutting fucking characters' heads off. I want to set on fire. <laughs> yeah, I want to light fire. I want to light the school on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I want to jerk off at a sleepover with all my friends. <laughs> Were boys really doing that? Did boy like did little? I can't speak to boys as a whole because mm. the last time I brought this up, every single person at the function disagreed with me. Mm. But I was. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I mean, well, I was at a party where somebody jerked off. So I'm with you, John. Yeah, I was yeah. at a sleep. Like we would have a sleepover, and a f- my friend had like spice in his living room, and we would all kind of like go off into like weird corners and just kind of like, you know, masturbate in our sleeping bags or whatever. It was. In hindsight, disgusting. And That's interesting. Pretty sure. homoerotic, but uh, at the time, at the time, you know. Was it just por- acknowledged like, well, it's a Saturday night. We're all going to have a little secret camping jerk off. Yeah, it kind of was. We'd be like, we'd play like video games or cards or whatever until like it got to be a point where it's like, all right, I think everyone's asleep upstairs. <laughs> and we'd like put on a porno and just all go our separate ways. That is when pornos had stories and boys <laughs> oh. could jerk off in a room. Make America Venus great again. <laughs> Bring back the Jenna Jamesons and the Yeah. Where's yeah. vivid video these days? Give me, you know. Oh, give me I my drive sweet... past the building that used to be their office building and it does because right when I moved to LA it was vivid. On Kawanga Boulevard West. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. yeah. And when I'm I drive familiar. past now, I'm like, oh, something has passed from the valley. Yeah. I, I remember shooting uh Adam Devine web series in the in Chatsworth and being like, this foyer in this house looks super familiar. <laughs> being like black leather and, couches. Yeah, look. a lot of those houses have that that like wrap around like foyer thing where you're like, yeah. oh, I guess those are in some houses. Like <laughs> break this a red see through wall for no reason. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'll go up two of my favorite. I, I of course I love GI Joe, and. Obviously, a lot of this stuff was IP based. So, like, I like the show and the toy kind of equally in my mind. But there was another toy called Centurions, and th- and that was made up of mm-hmm. three dudes: C, Aaron, Land. That wasn't their names. They were like Max, Jake, and Ace, or something like that. But they had holes in their body, in their suits. On the show, it was suits, but in the figures, it was on their body. And you could attach different, they had like different kits, more or less, which like Max. And so they would always be like Centurions and they would like form up and then like all this gear would come on them, depending if they were the water guy or the land guy or the air guy, their gear would be specific to the mission. And I, I was obsessed with that when I was, cause I also like loved the water. So I always wanted to be water the guy. water guy, Max. Oh yeah. They, uh, when they do different types of things, oh, that scratches a deep itch. Oh, dude, that shit has worked on me since I was a kid. Like 
even that's what got me to like sports is like the big, strong, fat guys are the line. The fast mm -hmm. guys are this, like all that stuff mattered to me. And like, that's what got me into X-Men, into D&D, &D, like all these were. Oh, that was my D&D &D shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it was like, like just, if I know what type it is, then I know how to play the game. Yeah. And there's everyone has different specialties and they're working together. And it's like, well, I'm the big, strong guy. So I'll do this. Well, I'm the sneaky person. I'll do this. Like that shit all mattered to me. And in hindsight, it's got me into like why I, I think I like uh, improv. Uh, it's why I like all these things that are like team based adjacent things where it's like everyone brings their own strength. X-Men, D&D, &D, I'm trying, I rattled off these already, but like, oh, that's what got me into Special Forces, like, I was like the only 12-year-old kid who had read, like, every account of Navy SEALs in <laughs> Vietnam. I'm like, I was literally in seventh grade, and I had read every Chief Doc Watson book, starting with Point Man, and all about the formation of the uh, BUDS, uh, the UDT, Underwater Demolition Team, that would later become the Navy SEALs. Like, I was so versed in the history of Navy SEALs and all their weaponry, because it was the same shit for me, and that's why that's why that shit G.I. Joe and all that is clearly soft military power as well. Mm -hmm. So Centurions. And then there was another TV show called Mask that was like uh, not the Rocky Dennis story with Cher, but and not the green. Uh, Jim about that. <laughs> yeah, we're You're always about talking about that. Because oh, man, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you love Cher. You're a big Cher head. It's such a weird movie to like love people our age it was just on a lot and you'd be like yes. i really like this movie and then you like watch yeah. it now and it's like i don't think i should have been really he like his friends with like a biker gang and you're like that's cool they're open-minded even though he's weird looking you know like and like <laughs> yeah it taught me like it taught me like the most basic lessons in like such a distinct way i was so like that is a kid's movie that's what they're supposed to, that's their function right yeah i Share. guess i took it away from me not judging books by their cover because you know rocky yeah. dennis was actually pretty cool okay. <laughs> he wanted to go see the world Right. <laughs> <laughs> but there was this uh, cartoon called Mask, and it was mm -hmm. like, it would be like the dudes uh, had like repelling things on their arms, but also the, the, Pick a, it was like in between Transformers and G.I. Joe, like the tractor trailer would open up and reveal like a base or it would convert into like a weapon or something. But the thing that was fun about the toys, all the mask figures had like, you know, 10 to what I remember being like 20 feet of like string that came off probably in hindsight six or so. <laughs> and they had like yeah. a little like zip line thing. So you could like attach a little string and have them slide or swing. And that kind of opened up uh gameplay uh, for with the action figures. Cause normally you'd always have to be holding them, but all of a sudden getting to swing a dude across would be like so radical, you know, oh. it'd be, it'd be really open up to a third dimension of play for us. Short little kids go off a fucking bunk bed on a zip line. The action movie, like set pieces that you could do with that. My mind is spinning. Yeah. That's like all that mattered to me. It was like, all right, we're raiding. Now remember there's, <laughs> and I would be so yeah. like, I was such a little fucking military dork. I'd be like, they have two fifty caliber machine guns mounted oh, here God. behind sandbags. So you have to be careful. It's like, why do I know military strategy at like 11? Oh, cause I'm indoctrinated by this shit all day. Every day. Wait, I want you said that what books were you reading? The Ron Watson books? Uh, Doc Watson, Chief Doc, Doc Watson. Watson. Yeah, Point Chief Man was the name of one of the books, if I Point remember correctly. Man. I'm going to look this But up. then yeah, I also was... read like all the Clancy uh, uh, Special Forces stuff, like Rainbow Six. Like I just, anything that was Navy SEAL adjacent, I read it, uh, including all like the real, you know, I'm like, 
they're blowing up hooches full of VC. And like, I don't even know what any of those words mean, but it meant so much to me. (laughs) Because I think they they make it seem like the military is a thing that like smart people with a lot of choices opt into. Like, yes. I feel like all of those books and shows were like, this guy could have done anything, but he was in the military. Whereas in reality, it's a lot of poor people being like, I don't know. Fully taken advantage yeah. of. like, Yeah. yeah. Si- systematically left with zero choices but this. Yeah. You go yeah. to jail or you go to the Marines. Those are great. We're being this shown something. This is a centurion. This is a centurion. I bought it. Uh, oh, look. This is humiliating. I bought it as a grown-up at a vintage toy shop. I'll show you the price no, tag. No, that rips. Wait, hold $68. On <laughs> but it's complete. It says complete on it, though. It says complete, but you know what it is missing? The missile that goes in this little missile launcher. But oh, like, shit. Yeah, like, those Look at this cool. guy's look. This is a guy that I like, a toy I worship. Look at this guy's look. Yeah. It's, like the, it's like an 80s cartoon of a gay man. It's like, he's got like, <laughs> you know, like this is exactly what like, 80s gay looked like he's got a nice haircut thick mustache yeah. uh, tight bod but yeah this this is what this is the water guy if you will <laughs> um i as an adult got oh, a little drunk. oh <laughs> shit dude oh shit Let's i went make... on etsy and i found the poly pocket house that i always wanted because it lights up inside now this Amazing. one is broken but somewhere in my brain i was like i'll fix it i'll learn electrical wiring and i'll fix it so it lights up let me get up. my soldering iron to uh Oh, wait, what is that? Is that a little bottle of fentanyl pills? Yeah. Oh, of <laughs> um, Oh, yeah. she was still playing, just updated she's some a, of the specifics. <laughs> she's got a little Narcan. You just can't see it because it's so <laughs> tiny. She's smart, though. She's doing educated drug use. Yeah. There's a this suit is of the, armor I, This is not up. very good, but this is the best I can do of the things that I, I brought with can me. Can reach. This is, yeah. <laughs> This is my Ooh. Rashid Wallace bobblehead. It's not really an action figure, but I like it. Hey, it's it a figure an and it has an action. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What else do you need? What else do you need? Oh, I, yeah. and I have, I'm realizing I have. Oh, he's rolling away, but he's coming back. I've got oh. a, this is a very new, someone sent me this because I wanted to play him in the movie so badly. Oh. In the car. In the comics, I kind of look like him, not so much in the figurine. Mm-hmm. Um, We have similar face uh. And so I really pushed for myself to play people. I really tweeted, I want to play Hercules. And then they gave it to Brett Goldstein, like as if he was a huge name from Ted Lasso and all that. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. At least Marvel crumbled. So uh, I don't feel bad that I missed it. Yeah. 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 Disney's not doing good. You know what would have happened is you would have been in it. It would have been so good, but it would have still been riding this wave of everyone being tired of Marvel. Yeah. I would and- have been part of the problem rather than part of the. Also, I love like a p- audio podcast where just holding up toys we have and going like, "Isn't this cool?" <laughs> Look at this. I mean, that's what this was going to turn into, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, eventually it was undeniable. <laughs> so, so Polly Pocket was your favorite, Kate. Polly Pocket was my favorite. I also and look, this is me saying a lot of stuff about class and the way I was raised with wealth. I had an American Girl doll. Ooh, and those cost yeah. $100 in 90s money. So that was like a big, Jesus big Christ. Christmas. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. I That's had awesome. Like two bikes and it fucking ruled. Great accessories, lots of fun stuff you could do with them. But they were they so- They had like backstory, right? Like there was different American girls that you could get, American girl dolls that you can get, making it sound like I'm fucking in Taken. You could get any American girl you want. <laughs> like, uh, any American girls you want. <laughs> Uh, but they each had like a different backstory. Like this is Wayfair you know, salesman yeah, over here. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh shit, Q- QAnon shutting down our podcast. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Just the press I needed. Yeah, you, uh, they had little books. They were all from like different p- time periods in history. And you could like get the little book with them. Do you uh, remember the one you got or the one you really wanted? Please. I, I got it. the one that I wanted. It was Addie who had um, escaped slavery. <laughs> and oh. a lot of their stories were like, I made a victory garden with my mother. And like, we were pioneers and my little sister got sick, but then she got better. And Addie was like, I fucking like, at midnight, we snuck away from the men and the dogs and like swam through a river with nothing <laughs> on our backs. And my dad was like whipped. It was just like the darkest. Holy shit. <laughs> most hardcore backstory. And then the doll was like, just like a cute little doll. Right, right. That's that's always the funniest thing is that they all have like the same exact expression on their uh-huh. face and like cute. Yeah. But it's like, what's your story? It's like, I I was in the undercarriage of a steamer ship that was leaving from Poland in 1940. You're like, uh, okay, uh, this is sad. But oh, you like doggies and uh, hairbrushing. <laughs> Wait, okay. Exactly. It was always just like- you are bumming everybody out. <laughs> Addie had like a tray of cookies because she likes to make cookies or something. Like, oh like, man, you got to respect Addie. She fucking bounced back hard from her trials and tribulations. And, truly, like, really and she was a show. rich, full character. That was not the defining thing about her. You know, I learned a lot about the Great Migration. It was, it was a good doll. That was funny because like, <laughs> I was, I was that plugged in to my to like the GI Joe figures and stuff too. Everyone was just like, this guy is cool. And I'd be like, oh, that's Shockwave. He's a radio operator. He's an expert. Because they used to say, like, in the G.I. Joe trading cards, it'd be like, specialty, primary specialty, and like, secondary specialty. And there would always be like, sometimes it would be kind of funny or something that would. The other thing I liked about, and tying it all, that G.I. Joe was totally the stuff I liked, where it was like, this guy's name is Roadblock. He's a big, strong guy who has a big gun. This guy's name is Quick Kick. He has no weapons and no shoes. He does martial arts. Like I like loved that specialization from everyone. And then once you get the dolls with all the fucking, I mean, the cards and like the info, and you know all that about them, it just like well, fleshes like it out. Guy. Then now you're getting the narrative, right? Now you they look like little this. files, like Manila yes! folder files. Yes, yeah. that's exactly. I yeah. remember it would, it would be like classified, like stamped yep. across it and stuff. And or sometimes it'd be like Snake Eyes, unknown origin, unknown, right. unknown. Oh. And you're like, oh, he's the coolest. You know, it's who? A I never. Guy. I never got the snake eyes for no other. I don't think we could find it with the the blue one, the one where we had the red goggles and like the hot pink weapons. Oh, that was the coolest one. I did not have that one either. I wanted that one so bad. We love the. I I said before we had no bad guys, but in my house we did have Storm Shadow because ninjas ruled above everything else. Oh, ninjas in martial arts classes, and it was the eighties and nineties. Ninjas ruled all. Very important. Uh, Yeah. Ninjas would be something like you dressed up as a Halloween for like nine years in a row. I'd be like, dude, I just want to be a ninja again. You'd be like 17 and be like, I look cool as a ninja. <laughs> just feels cool. Now my As an adult. Is, yeah, as an adult. <laughs> be, if you The second you're on a, in a sketch or something like that, and they're like, here, put on this like bulletproof vest or this harness or this holster. All of a sudden, you're like, you, it just snaps into like little kid mode. You're like, I'm yep. fucking ready. <laughs> Dude, I did a I did a commercial for Hulu and I got to wear one of the Mayans like biker cuts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> awesome. I would have fucking bugged out. Yeah, that's right. I wanted to keep it so fucking bad, but they were very much like You're gonna were, get yeah. jumped in a fucking bar by a bunch of like the fucking yeah. Marine Corps leathernecks or whatever. 
Yeah. Oh, that's so fucking funny. Yeah, but it's dude. instant, like what you were just talking about. I feel like a stupid little kid. Like, dude, my yeah. my little nephew, uh, my brother has to like limit his costume time. So he gets like an hour after dinner where he's allowed to like run around in his co- in his Hulk costume. He just like That's wants awesome. to, so and it's and you hear about this more and more. At least anecdotally, and most of my friends are an, in entertainment, so their kids are specific. Um, you know, and uh, you more and more kids, and I'm like, yeah, of course it's for outside of Halloween. Like if I had a fucking ninja costume when I was a kid, I would have put that shit on every day after school and like ran around my yard. I remember when we got like camp, my grandpa was in the army and he got us like all these surplus camo stuff in like small sizes. And we wore that like we'd like change into the camo to play in the yard and shit. And like costumes are, you want to talk, that's a real graduation from fucking playing with the water toy until you Mm -hmm. get like fucking, like my nephew has like goggles that have like a shark fin on the top and like little swimming hands that have like little like that look like little uh, animal claws. I'm like, that shit fucking rules, man. That's that's like becoming an action figure. Oh, I have you like get a- to actually escape from slavery like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe that's not one for that, any of us to cosplay. As. That's why I really understand the experience. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I, we had like that's so how much- I learned empathy was from the American. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that. Don't have it. Yeah, my dad was a Ren Faire guy. He like worked at the Whoa! Renaissance Fair when oh, I was a cool. kid. Okay. And okay. our costume closet was absolutely outrageous. It was like a corner of my mom's closet, and I would get in there with my little friends, and we would just go ape shit or just like tinfoil robots. Like, yeah, Co- costumes awesome. were bigger than dolls. What did your dad do at the Ren Faire? Do you remember, or did he ever like? He like, had a what few. Was his... He is a good. He's uh, actually a great juggler. So he would like sit up in a tree and juggle and then like throw a ball down at a couple and then make fun of the guy. Hell <laughs> I yeah. guess for money. That's great. Yeah. That's like that that was an original kind of part of the Ren Fair that I really liked when I was a kid. And I started going to Sterling Forest in Tuxedo, New York, way back mm. in the day. Now I go to the Renaissance Pleasure Fair in Irvine, California. God, I love that place. It's so did you go there? Irvington, not Irvindale. Irvine. Yeah. Irwindale, I could third guess. <laughs> Circling it. I'll, I fucking I'll, love I've never been. <gasps> oh, dude. You haven't? I've it's never been time. to a rent fair. You yeah. you would I think you would love it. I'm literally about to say you would love it, and then I'm like, how much do I really know about Adam? Like, yeah. let me let me unpack this. I think you would like it. The games, now that I'm way when I was younger, I, I was really taken by just like seeing people holding swords. Mm-hmm. Now I'm old enough that, and I've done actual like entertainment jobs and got to see cool shit like that. Now it's fun because there's like the the target games where you're like, I could throw ninja stars, axes, spears, uh, shoot daggers, arrows. shoot arrows. That's all really fun. The vibes of like kind of the people that are there, it's somewhere between theater and horniness. Like yeah. it's got the horniness of like a theater club in a way that kind of uh, permeates it. And since I was a kid, I've been a fan. Of big boobs. Oh, they're you, they're rampant. <laughs> they're out really? oh, lot of see. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm great. sure you can already picture it, but like all of the like ale tents or whatever are just like, just like H cups uh, spilling. Gravity forth. defying. Gravity defying. Almost uh, the way I d- would describe it is: Have you ever gotten like a martini glass that was like filled to the top, or like a coupe? <laughs> That was filled with champagne to the top and it would like move around a little bit, but not spill out. 
Yeah. These women can somehow sometimes get their boobs to be so horizontal. Yes. In a way that you cannot understand the structure of it. They don't seem, they're not fake, which is sometimes how you can understand purely horizontal breasts, but they have some serious heft to them. But due to a system of corsets and pulleys or whatever, they get this sort of like, I can't explain it. It's like a literally like they're walking around with a lake in front of them, a lake made of breast meat. And it's, it's just wild. yeah, like like if like if Jello could sort of escape the surly bonds of like a plate and just yes. hang out into space. Yeah, I, I jump out of the jump out of the tree and just pencil in or like dive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you guys sold me like the axe throwing thing, but just hearing you talk about boobs for this long is so nice. I like, like I was sold on axe throwing. All this boob stuff is literal icing on the cake. Yeah, if you want to relive being like any part of your childhood game stuff, they got it yeah, for you. It's, it's pretty rad. And now I dress up and shit and buy myself a new piece of a gear every year. So now we I have do, like a little. Do. I have a little bit of a kit that I can rock. Ah, uh, yeah. Dude, I could talk costumes. <laughs> you got to come back and talk costumes since we barely talked action figures. <laughs> Sorry. This time That's not anyone's fault but my own. Don't you worry. No one comes here to hear what the actual topic is. Who gives a fuck? What they do come here for is to hear your plugs, to wonder where they can listen to you outside of the constraints of this stupid podcast. Where can they get more Caitlin and Adam? Well, you can find both Caitlin and I on our show Versus, and I also host another show called My Neighbors Are Dead. Ah, yes. I've been a guest on You've My both Neighbors you. Are Dead. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So you, you check that out. But also tell us a little bit about Versus, because uh, that's that's new to me, at least. Yeah. Versus is a show where Adam and I pick two characters, and we debate which one's better. Simple, clean premise. The characters we're picking are getting increasingly stupid. We started out with like Nightwing versus Spider-Man and we've escalated to uh, Jason Bourne versus Goldie Hawn's character in Overboard. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Uh, okay. What are some other stupid ones? Two, uh, <laughs> two famous amnesiacs. Uh, yeah. Exactly. They're both thrown <laughs> off of boat. <laughs> right. What do we do? We're doing uh, Lightning McQueen versus Christine. Mm-hmm. That's coming mm-hmm. up. For Halloween. Hot car on car action. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it's on uh, Q Code and Wood Elf Media, and it's a uh, fun time. We play little improv games. So wherever you get, whatever you're doing to listen to this podcast right now, take your phone out, open up the app, and just follow Versus. Subscribe for now. Listen for sure, but even if you're not going to do that, at least subscribe for now, and then you'll be like, "Oh, what was this podcast?" Then you'll catch up with it later when exactly. you're t- like, "Just get on there, give them the fucking metrics, hook it up, Honestly, listen, and just... enjoy it." They're two funny people, but you don't at the even same have time. to listen. Put it on silent and just let it play. That's oh yeah. Put it on all of your friends' cars when you get in there. Like, just add it to add it to every phone. Uh, I was at the fucking Apple store subscribing all the iPads to my podcast last time I was there. Too. That's my, a brilliant idea. My wife had a, uh, my wife had to go get something done at the Genius Bar. And she's like, oh, I'm like, I'll just walk around. And I just subscribed to High and Mighty on like, tw- I think they like wipe them every day or something like that. But, but we'll for see that, that one day, That's you really were a funny. king. Yeah, I climbed the ranks. I judged the <laughs> algorithm in such a way. Uh, <laughs> as for me, uh, oh, any other plugs? I'm sorry. You I, can I, listen I, to Lizard People. We're still when it's around. Oh, Lizard People still out there again. Another podcast I was on. So you can find God knows how long ago that was. You can find uh, I, I say that 
for listeners who I assume are like, I'm such a diehard Gabers yeah. fan. I'll follow him anywhere. If you but need more gay boy in your ears, just I, uh, let scroll on back. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, want was... little, you want a little gay boy in your ears? <laughs> sorry, that was retro. I like the way how, how annoyed your football coach was at the beginning, John, that you raised your hand to answer a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gay boy. Well, you the asked me what you... was it. <laughs> what the fuck do you want to answer the question in this class? I might be the only kid paying attention. Maybe foster that. <laughs> uh, you can check out my other podcast. It's it, it costs money, but there are free episodes out there. So check out Action Boys Pod, um, actionboys.biz, or free.actionboys.biz gets you to the few free episodes we got popping. So get your little ass over there and check it out. Bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. It's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. (laughs) Now, somewhere... Somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to like see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. (laughs) It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. There's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. What? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room. <laughs> yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.